Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. I am unashamed. What about you? So, Jace, I see you've brought jelly to the set today. Well, uh, I have. Uh, <laughs> feels, uh, Does that mean somebody needs to bring the biscuits? <laughs> here's what's crazy is, is you know, Phil makes his own jelly, but I also have my former financial advisor, which I think is your and Kay's financial advisor. And mine. And yours. Yep. He makes jelly. He's sitting and, on a lot of money. <laughs> And he's sitting on a lot of jelly. <laughs> well, he has, a slow, he has a couple slow trees on his property. and uh, He's here so, today listening, by the way, to the audience. Uh, yeah, the not, we're not talking them, about him. We're talking to him. The reason they call them slows is that you see that jelly? Mm-hmm. That's, that's made jelly. Wait, You wait for months. And, and the slows, they call them slows, little... S L O E. But it's not S L W, Phil. They're like slow plums. They they finally get right <laughs> during the time of teal season. So you brush duck blinds and you're picking slows and still making jelly during which that is, process. Yeah. The blind was brushed yesterday. Which is September. That for was us. made last night. Slow jelly, <laughs> teal, put them together, and you, you're you beginning to get into our world. I Wait love it because Dad's life is so seasonal, like everything's in its place, that they're slower only because they're later developing than yeah. the early. What you been doing, Rob? I said, waiting for the slows to get right. They're I'll like, tell you this. <laughs> you would like Mount Man's book, Life in the Slow Lane. I came home yesterday from the podcast that we did yesterday, and I saw the Mayhaw jelly you had made opened Uh-oh. out there. And I Somebody saw a got pan. into it. I saw a pan there, and I, I looked in there, and my lovely wife was chomping down on some toast mid-afternoon. Ooh. Yeah, slow jelly. We make happy marriages. Yeah. Well, she was eating the Mayhaw, and she said, you know, I just saw it. The, the color of it got my attention, and yeah. I just I had to have some. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, I've been doing that every day since I got it. <laughs> That's why a certain percentage of my jelly, you can look try to try to try to find it. Where if he's making jelly, where what? A lot of it under my bed <laughs> because I, I can't. Bill, you keep they telling. They look there because if they find slow <laughs> jelly out in the open, it is now. gone, dude. We have millions of people listening to this. Up under Phil... my bed is where I keep my stash because feels like out in the open and the women. <laughs> It's Especially so them chubby ones, they get after that slow jelly. It's so funny that Phil, moments with Phil. Phil's lack of, you know, understanding technology, he doesn't realize that when he's telling his hiding places, <laughs> this is going to millions of people. Yeah, so if anybody's ever at your up. house, well, you've already you've already done it. My bed, if I keep it up, and it'd be just cart. Oh, it's just gonna be nothing though. This is exactly <laughs> right. It was like the time he was on Jimmy Kimmel. Remember when y'all were on there, and he gave his address. He gave his home address on Any national. Y'all t- wants to come down mistake. there? I'll baptize you. And he gave mistake. his address. That they were like, uh, "Phil, probably shouldn't give your address." Said, Where are all these people coming from? <laughs> <laughs> well, you gave your address. <laughs> Uh, so so we got jelly. Now, if we only had biscuits, we would have something. Well, I, I think what I'm going to do today, I got a plan. I'm going now that I got the slow jelly. I'm gonna when I go home today, I'm gonna talk Missy into making some biscuits. Mm-hmm. She's got Kay's recipe down, <laughs> and then we'll have a mid afternoon slow jelly biscuit. Ladies and gentlemen, what we're trying to do for the world is to make it. A little more sweeter. Yeah. A little sweeter. Yeah. 
<laughs> and we do that through jelly. Homemade oh, biscuits yeah. with homemade jelly does make for a sweeter life. It oh, does. No doubt. You've redefined the term afternoon delight. In, in the old days, that meant something else, the, yep. a, a liaison with your wife. But now, the afternoon delight is jelly and biscuits. That's it. What happens That's what when, you you get start, <laughs> yeah, when you start getting older. But, look, there are some things. And like when we, you introduce a baby into your life as well. There are some things when it comes to food you wait on. I've told you all this. I have a, I have a rule. I never, I never get in a hurry when I'm going to eat something fantastic. You know, for years, which I can't do now because I think it probably would be un, unwise from a health standpoint. But I used to go to the local donut shop that we ate at for years, and I would try to time it when they were hot because I it, they were so good in that moment. I mean, right out of the oil. Yep. And I would get a dozen, and I would eat them in less than two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd come up there, no matter what I had going, and I would say, "When was when when is the new batch coming out?" Well, if they say twenty minutes, that's how long you're waiting. I said, "I'll wait," and they're like, "Well, but these, yeah, we just made these." I was like, "No, I'll wait." <laughs> yeah, I will repeat what I've said in the last few weeks. And he's not a heavy man. <laughs> My favorite line of the year on this podcast. I have a problem with donuts. Because, you know, donuts 15 and... biscuits at a time, you're saying, is he a heavy man? Is he, well, no, not really. He okay. must have a good no, metabolism. Phil, I've eaten two dozen in that city, yeah. in that setting. I mean, well, 24 donuts. You know, we did that episode on uh, yeah, the donut on, on our little show. So people will know, slow jelly is a... Uh, a slow, it, it, there's a certain tartness that comes out of a slow. It's different. It, it's a fall plum, a late, oh, no, that's late the season key. plum. Oh, that's the key yeah. flavor. It's a little tartness, which makes it really good. But it's different from a mayo. I mean, it's different got a different, a different flavor. And the and those, uh, those, by the way, Dad, the official name I found out for those Texas grapes are Mustang grapes. Is Mustang. What, that's what they call yeah, them. Yeah, I put some there. of those up this year. They, It's delicious. Oh, no, it's really good. It's uh, a little sweeter than... He was a friend to, of uh, Tommy who passed Actually, on. was a friend of mine. It's Dwight. You know, the Almighty took him a few years back. So but Tommy used to bring him to us. Sure and, did. And, and uh, he's gone on to the reward. So I was like, man, because that was one of my favorite jellies. And so my old friend Dwight, I know he's listening. He listened on the podcast. Started, he said, I think I can get y'all some of them grapes you're talking about. I was like, giddy up. Oh, yeah. And he did, which thank you, Dwight. It's making me think of that song, but in the jelly form. Mustang jelly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mustang. People who make jelly together stay together. Ooh. Well, Phil. Listen to that. It's, That's it's, writing it's, a lot of greeting cards today. It really does. It brings people together. You, 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 who said you that? You're on your hands and knees. I and said, I, I, who, where's that quote from? Who said that? I, I made it up a few months back. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I did. <laughs> that may be a new T-shirt. Well, look, we got a, we got a guest coming on uh, today, and uh, I'm glad we were able to laugh about jelly because we're, today we're going to be talking about a, a pretty heavy subject because we're talking about life uh, and Sean Carney. Uh, who's the CEO of 40 Days for Life, is going to join us in just a minute. And before he does that, I want to read a verse to kind of set that up. It's uh, from Psalm 139. It's probably the most quoted and read verse concerning life. It says, uh, this is uh, David talking. He's, he's talking to God. He said, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Yep. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And I just, I love the concept of how life begins with God. I'll warn you, at some point I may become emotional in this conversation because, you know, we have a little baby right now in our home. And I just think as God's sons and daughters, disciples of Jesus, we should be out there defending the innocent, yep. Yep. the unborn, these awesome creations from God that grow up to be incredible human beings. That's what they are. Well, let's take a break. And on the other side, we'll have Sean. So one of our sponsors, American Home Shield, Lisa and I actually 
used lately uh, because we have it. Uh, it's a, it's a great uh, company, and they help cover the cost to repair and replace things. We just had some problems with our air conditioner down at the southern layer, and these guys stepped right in to help us, and uh, and that's what they do. Uh, that, that's they've been doing it for over fifty years. If they can't repair the covered item, they'll replace it. Service fees, limitations, and exclusions apply. You have to see their plan for details. But they have uh, more options, fewer exclusions. Uh, They helped us out with our HVAC, which is very important. Uh, Right now, they've got a $50 off for all listeners of the show. So it's $50 off right off the bat. Um, We love these guys, and they've helped me personally. So keep your home up and running and your budget on track with American Home Shield. Right now, our listeners can take $50 off the most comprehensive plans ever. Go to ahs.com slash fill to save that $50. That's ahs.com slash fill, $50 off. Service fees, limitations, and exclusions apply. See their plan for detail. American Home Shield. Be sure with the shield. So we want to welcome uh, Sean Carney to the podcast. He's the uh, president and CEO of 40 Days for Life, which has uh, has sponsored the podcast and uh, uh, with your book that you had out. Sean, welcome back to Unashamed. It's good to be back. Yeah. Thanks for having me. So I realized when I was doing a little research for uh, you coming back, I went back and looked at uh, the notes from before. And Jace has never met you because uh, Jace was not on the podcast you were on. It was Mom and, and Lisa on that day. So uh, glad to introduce y'all. Uh, Sean's a good guy, Jace. Nice to meet you. So you were my replacement, and now we're all back together. So <laughs> you need to grow your beard on out. Just go ahead and let it go. This is. <laughs> I think this is as good as it's going to get for me. Oh. Now my. Okay. My my brother in law he's he's got the full blown I mean he, he can't go swimming because he can't see because his beard gets in his face um, I've had that problem but yeah this is I think this is as good as it's gonna get I'll, I'll try to grow it out maybe if I come on next year I can kind of see what progress I can make in the next three hundred sixty five days so it's uh it's funny I was asking you I guess I didn't ask you before Sean about your family you said you have eight children yeah yeah we have. We have eight children. There were eight at breakfast this morning anyways. So uh, we have a 16-year-old all the way down to a two-year-old. We have five girls and three boys. And um, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's a... it's a busy but but uh, robust and joyful house. <laughs> I love. It. I mean, I, you know, I can't imagine uh, eight, but I'm, I'm glad that it's uh, it's working out for you guys. So I was, uh, and and I guess it's, that's fitting, uh, which kind of leads into our discussion today about uh, pro life, because obviously you guys are all about life. You have eight children, um, but but tell tell our audience a little bit about uh, forty days and and kind of how you got started into that. What you guys do. Well, you know, I was a, a student at Texas A&M and my then girlfriend, now wife, took me out to pray at a local uh, Planned Parenthood abortion facility, the only one in, in College Station. And and um, just for me, I was 18 or 19 years old at the time, and it was my peers going in and having abortions. So it really challenged me as a man, like, what am I doing? Like, I haven't been hurt by abortion. It hasn't been in our family, um, you know. I'm not doing anything. And so I really saw it as a challenge for, for men to, uh, to, to step up and, and go out there and peacefully pray. So anyways, our numbers were really down in college station. We didn't get a lot of volunteers. Planned Parenthood was doing a lot of abortions. So we just went all in for 40 days and did 40 days of prayer, 40 days of fasting and 40 days of a nonstop peaceful vigil, 24 hour vigil. Actually, we had a, a uh, group of guys go out all night from 11 to 7 a.m. Uh, and pray. And um, and we just we saw abortions drop by nearly 30 percent. Uh, wow. That was 2004. So in uh, in 07, we launched it nationally. And it was amazing to see uh, we had 89 cities in that first campaign in the fall of 2007. So we do a fall campaign and a spring campaign twice a year now. And this fall, we'll have 620 cities uh, participate in 40 Days for Life. It'll be our largest ever. So, you know, it's since gone to a thousand cities in 65 different countries. That was probably our biggest surprise is something that happened in in College Station, Texas. Now 
Um, you know, we've had campaigns in China, we've had campaigns in Russia, uh, Africa, Latin America, and it's just been awesome to see it, uh, you know, go throughout the world. You know, it's really powerful because you think about the power of prayer and we don't think about that as being a launching pad, you know, for impact, but it really is. I mean, that we talk about it all the time. We say, yeah, I'll pray for you, pray about this, pray about that. But you guys have built an entire ministry on aiming prayer for what it was designed to do, which is, you know, speak into the spiritual warfare that we're facing. And it's a war, let's face it. It, it is. It absolutely is. And to show up, you know, I mean, nobody grows up wanting an abortion. Uh, nobody grows up uh, wanting to work in the abortion industry, for sure. Something always went wrong. That's why there's a huge shortage of abortion doctors right now. Yeah. Um, so when you're there and you're praying and you're, you know, peaceful and law abiding, um, the women will talk to you. The workers will talk to you. We've had 242 uh, abortion workers not just get mad and quit, but actually have a conversion, a change of heart and leave their job, um, including Abby, who y'all had on. And, yeah. and, you know, they made the unplanned movie about her story. So it's it's really awesome. It kills the bottom line of a local abortion facility. I mean, that that facility where we started in College Station closed in 2013. It's now our headquarters. We moved in in 2014. <laughs> so awesome. we have a, a beautiful memorial to the unborn um, behind it. And it's our, it's our HQ. And it, it's just a testament that, you know, you can, uh, you can close an abortion facility everywhere. We, we've closed a few in San Francisco, uh, Los Angeles, Seattle, Chicago. We've closed three in London. Um, I just got back from London speaking at the, the UK March for Life. Um, you know, it doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter how crazy your insane government is. If you speak to hearts and minds, you're you're going to turn people away. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, uh, you know, when you think about when Al said it was a spiritual war, which I think it is, because when you just look at it, I've never found a rational argument for the taking of a unborn human. You know, when you listen to the arguments, it, it, it is a lie and a delusion. So uh, just even when you look at how how uh, an abortion is defined for from people who are not believers and who do not believe, you know, that life is is precious. It's it's always the termination of a pregnancy or the removal of tissue from a womb. They don't say we're killing an unborn human. No. Because everybody, if you're if you're logical and you're reasonable, you realize that this process that we all went through, yeah, we know that this person's going to be a toddler and going to be a teenager and going to be an adult and offer something to society. And to me, that's the part of the spiritual war, is because one side is is speaking illogical, irrational, emotional arguments. And the other side is just looking at the facts. This is this is about location. A human is in this location, <laughs> and they're going to move to another location, but they have a distinct DNA. They are alive. Even science has shown that you you know you see them sucking their thumb when they're what twenty four, twenty three weeks. They experience pain. These are human beings. This is life. And so that's why I think, you know, it triggers our emotions because, you know, we go back to when God said, you know, he made man in his image. It was very good. Right. This is very good. So I was thinking about that when you said you have eight kids, because I'm like, you've experienced this on a daily basis. I mean, right now we have a little baby that's six months old that we're babysitting, fostering. And you see, you know, 50 smiles a day and you and this is a baby that came from a tough situation you know mom in prison dad unknown but you're looking at this life saying this is very good this is very good this is a human being as men there's nothing more humbling or proud or maybe giving us feelings of just being totally useless than the moment your little boy or little girl comes out i mean mm. you you would do anything for mm. he or she and, and, and you actually have a team of doctors that are going to do everything for the baby. Everything is there for the baby. 
and we're just schizophrenic with all this. I mean, we don't we protect the unborn all the time. That's why mm-hmm. your point is great. There's not a good argument. I mean, yeah. we 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 don't allow pregnant women to get on a, a roller coaster at Six Flags. You know, we <laughs> won't serve them 10 whiskeys at a at a bar. Um, I guess we should apologize to Scott Peterson. He's on death row, partly for second degree murder for killing his pregnant wife. Yep. And in the verdict, they named Connor, his unborn son, who he killed. You know, so mm-hmm. we we just go back and forth with this. And, and the Supreme Court is, you know, dragging us out of this 1973 science with overturning Roe. Uh, but we're just totally schizophrenic with it. And there is one segment of the abortion movement, because you're right, they live in rhetoric, they live in these vague terms, and the baby has to die. This is, this is, it's unsuccessful if the baby lives. Uh, every abortion has to kill a baby. That's the point of it. Um, and the, some of the abortion doctors themselves, they're, they're honest, and there's a huge disconnect between like the Madison Avenue abortion industry leaders who yeah. come up with these ridiculous phrases and the guy that does it. Because, or the woman that does it, he is uh, much more honest. And when these abortionists do interviews, I always record it and put it in a book, one of my books. We put a lot of them in the last book that that y'all helped us promote last year, What to Say When. But these doctors, they'll talk about crushing a skull. They'll talk about killing a baby. No problem. They'll call it baby and mother. I remember a 60 Minutes reporter one time asked Leroy Carhart, who's a late-term abortion doctor, you're, you're using the term mother. Isn't that a, a inappropriate? And he goes, no, it's the baby's mother. And she's like, well, you just said baby. Well, it is a baby. We, we you know, we kill the baby. You know, he just, yeah. just said it outright. Um, but they're, they're, you know, they're, they're kind of doing the dirty work. But you never get any honesty from the other side because what you said is exactly right. For abortion to thrive, we have to dehumanize people yep. and we're not dehumanizing, dehumanizing them this go around because of their race or, or religion like Nazi law did. We're dehumanizing them because of their size and location. Oh, that, yeah, that's the point. Think about in our history, the history of the world, when you devalue you know, human beings based on their color, which has happened, or based on where they came from, and in this case, you know, where they're at, you know, in the womb, what happened? Major atrocities, murder. I mean, if you look at someone, you know, because they're black and you devalue them, or you look because they're Jewish and you devalue them, you look at them because they're unborn, you devalue them, and what happens? Atrocity. I don't see any difference. That's fantastic. Let's take a break. So uh, 1 John... Uh, 2.16 says, For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. And, you know, it's it's lust is a common thing to men and women, but especially to men. And unfortunately, that's led a lot of people into uh, pornography. And unfortunately, in our era, because of technology, it's happened at a younger and younger age, which is really sad. It's, it's created a lot of problems for a lot of people. One of our sponsors is a group that uh, we highly recommend. It's called Covenant Eyes, and they've helped over 1.5 million people uh, live a porn-free life. And uh, so it's a great organization, great group. Uh, people don't like talking about pornography because, you know, it's a shameful thing, and it's, it's shameful to be involved in it, but we have to. Uh, it, it's there to help us not only spiritually, but to help our families as well. And as I read God's word, it's all over that um, all over the word that we need to address this. So if uh, if you have a problem or you have a family member or somebody else, we want you to check these guys out. Uh, Covenant Eyes has a 30 uh, day free trial if you sign up today with the promo code Phil. So you have nothing to lose, but a lot to gain. Here's how you get it. You go to CoveEyes, C-O-V-E-Y-E-S, CoveEyes.com slash Phil, uh, and check them out for that 30-day free trial. CoveEyes.Phil, CoveEyes.com slash Phil. This is the, the slaughter of complete innocence. When Jesus was on the earth, uh, he said, you're doing what your father does and and if god were your father you would love me if god were 
really the father of these people, the last thing they would do would be kill them. If God were your father, you would love me, and, and we would love our children if God were our father too. For I came from God and now here. I've not come on my own, but he sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you're unable to hear what I say. You, here's the father of murder. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. You say, well, what does Satan want? He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. They were trying, fixing to, planning to kill a person, Jesus Christ, who was perfect, like a little child. No mistake. There's, there's absolutely pure life, a child inside a mother's room. You, uh, you were, he, he was a murderer, Satan was, and not holding to the truth, for there's no truth in him. And when he lies, he speaks his native language. I mean, that's not really a living person inside that womb you're going to. And he goes on, he tells them lies. And people say, well, it's really not, you know, I mean, they're still in their mother. It's really, they're not alive. They have a heart beating. They're breathing. They're sucking their thumb like him. And they're fixed to come out. And we kill them. By the way, he goes on to say, First John says, don't be like Cain who murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? He said he belonged to the evil one. And he murdered his brother. And that's what they do to little unborn children. Same thing. That's why that's why I mentioned that it was it was a spiritual problem before we even get into some of they the belong to the evil one. So let's uh, let's take a break. Um, so t tell us, Sean, I'm really interested uh, in your take since uh, since Roe has been overturned, um, kind of what that means in the in the larger battle in terms of. In the nation, because a lot of t a lot of people totally misread it and and are like celebratory, like okay, we're done now, abortion's over. You know, we're, the battle was won, and it's it's really that's not really not true. In in, in my mindset, the battle just begins because now we're at the state level. So explain that a little bit to our audience, kind of where we are in terms of the national picture. Yeah, it, it was great. And speaking of what we were getting into earlier, I mean, it was Mississippi. You know, the, the, the deepest part of the deep south, the, the, the most pro-slavery state yep. uh, in, 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 the, in the Confederacy who wrapped themselves in glory and got Roe v. Wade overturned. It's a great that brilliant point. Dobbs case. Yep. I mean, it's just awesome. And, you know, there was that reaction of like, well, what does this mean? But I was actually, you know, encouraged by how many people realize, oh, yeah, the work, you know, the real work begins. We got to. We got to hit the ground running. And, and, you know, we expected Roe to be overturned. We started planning for it with the nomination of Kavanaugh um, because of all the precedent that we talked about of j just us legally defending the unborn. And there's really three highlights. Um, you know, number one, it just shows the 50 years in the grassroots, these pregnancy resource centers, things like 40 Days for Life, you know, people getting to work at the local level when we've had these insane politicians promoting infanticide and just saying, look, D.C. will correct itself. We'll vote pro-life. We'll pray for the best. But we got to help people on the ground. And so you really had one side of the issue, the pro-life side, uh, building uh, a sort of a grassroots army to win hearts and minds. Um, the other thing that we had um, was the fact that Roe v. Wade was overturned with the most pro-abortion government in U.S. history <laughs> in power. And, and part of that is God's sense of humor. Um, <laughs> the other part of it is all of the work at the grassroots, these talking points, you know, these, the messaging, uh, the pro-life movement has gotten younger. It, it's been, it's become the positive side, the pro-science side, the compassionate side, yep. and the abortion side has, has become angry and loud. I even heard abortion supporters on the news saying that yep. when they heard that Roe was overturned, that they just felt like they were losing the, the messaging. And, and that trickled up to the people who, frankly, advised Donald Trump on his Supreme Court nominees. Yeah. I mean, the people behind the scenes, uh, those are those are our folks. Those are the, those are people that that knew what was going on in the grassroots. And then, of course, to his credit, 
uh, Trump listened to those people yep. and nominated three great justices. And of course, nobody wants to give him credit for anything, but but he deserves that for sure. That's right. Um, and and you know, then then Roe was overturned, and now it goes back to where we're the strongest because Planned Parenthood they've really um, they've really owned DC. Unfortunately, they've done a great job. Um, in in D.C. and in New York through their PR firm and through their legal battles uh, to get funding. But they are very weak in the grassroots, very weak. You can just ask their employees. Uh, That's why we've we've helped 242 of them have a conversion. Uh, We have a former Planned Parenthood manager who who works for us. Um, And so they're very weak at the grassroots. And that's where this battle's going. And and that is going to be very, very powerful. You know, even though Roe was overturned, we got more applications to lead a 40 Days for Life this fall than any previous fall. Um, so it has motivated the, the, the base. We have one million volunteers around the world, and they're more motivated. They're not you know, popping champagne saying, well, it's all over. Uh, nobody's had that response on the pro-life side. And that's why we can have abortion-free states and abortion-free regions and eventually an abortion-free country. And, you know, Mother Teresa is the only one in 1982 to say, if America gets back to her roots, then she will end abortion. And when she ends abortion, the world will follow. And I believe that that will happen because America was, before the overturning of Roe, the most pro-abortion country in the West. We, we, our laws equaled North Korea and China on abortion. It was insane. So this is definitely a winnable thing, but it's it's going to take a lot of prayer and a lot of sweat. And you mentioned uh, London earlier. So, I mean, do you do you think that we will this will help kind of turn that tide to to making a difference around the world, not just here? Because let's face it, Europe is more pro-life than we are in terms of laws. I mean, there's which is sad to say, because we you know, here we are thinking, you know, we were founded on uh, Judeo Christian values and and the idea of that. But we we have strayed so far off the path. We're we're no longer the beacon for people. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, aside from our little hiccup with the English in 1776, um, they've been our closest ally. And, the, you know, they are very enthusiastic. The one thing about the Brits that's very important for us is they are the holders of freedom and freedom of speech in Europe. Uh, if they fold, they're finished. And, you know, right now, uh, the Scottish Parliament is trying to ban 40 Days for Life from the country. Oh, wow. the, the English have tried to do it, but their own courts have, have rescued us based on freedom of speech. Yeah. Um, so there, there is hope in, in England, and England has a lot of influence throughout Europe. Uh, there's tons of hope in Africa. Uh, and it, Africa and Latin America, that is American and British abortionists going into those countries, corporate America too, going into those countries saying, you ought not breed, um, quit having all these kids, and, and building abortion facilities. Planned Parenthood is huge in Latin America. They call themselves pro-familia. Um, so, you know, there is a lot of, of, of hope in those areas because the people are pro-life. Yeah. They love family. They right. love culture. They love children. Um, and they're, they're Christian. So I think Europe will look to us saying America was crazy. They allowed abortion at, you know, 40 weeks yeah. and they overturned their, their legal precedent. You know, they overturned Roe v. Wade. So it really sent shockwaves, pro-America shockwaves, by the way. Um, talk about a time to have your hand over your heart and be proud of your country after we've spread this nonsense around the world. You know, it sends a message that we don't in the West have to live with abortion. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, I wanted to, we just have a couple of minutes left, but I want you to, your book, What to Say When, was really good, and we were able to promote it, and you guys supported us on the podcast, which we appreciate. The last chapter you call the ultimate argument. Now, what is the ultimate argument when it comes to uh, pro-life and abortion? The ultimate argument is is love, is love. And, of course, that's, that's Jesus Christ uh, who died for us, who himself could have popped out of an acorn and saved us from our sins. But he yep. didn't. He yep. went into the womb. Right. And in the, in, the, in the most dramatic fashion, being born in a, in a stable. Um, and, and that is the ultimate argument. You know, I've had thousands of discussions on abortion. That's why we wrote the book. And if you get the book, 
By the way, y'all helped make it a number one Amazon bestseller. So thank y'all. There you go. <laughs> but, um, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Unashamed Nation. Yeah. Exactly. There, there we go. Uh, but, you know, you're going to know what to say. And it's not designed to be a know-it-all, but you'll be a know-it-all if you read it. So, you know, we, yeah. we give you what to say, what not to say. Uh, but that's the easy part. Uh, the, the people who have converted, the people who have had breakdowns, the people who, uh, the women who after years of hiding their abortion, the men that paid for an abortion and, and just buried it for 30 years, the, the, the abortion workers, the doctors, it, it is the example. It is the hands and feet of Christ. It is the love of thinking, them realizing, you know, you don't, you don't hate me. You're actually not judging me. And I don't have to live with this. Yeah. You don't have to live with this because they spend so much time justifying their behavior, which we do with all of our sins, right? And so th- they just bury it. And whether they've had an abortion or whether they're participating in an abortion, they don't want people to ask them what they do in the grocery store. And it- it's it's just a great invitation. We've had so many people who have uh, converted on this issue uh, because of the way that we share the truth and and they can see the love. And sometimes it's the first time they've yeah. ever felt love. Yeah. And, you know, I, 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 so, that's why I love that chapter. I wanted you to discuss that because Lisa and I say that we finally, as a, as on the Christian side of things, we, we really have learned to be, to put pro love in the pro-life movement at one time in the eighties and back in the seventies, you know, it was we we were angry, and for for it was righteous anger. But at the same time, it didn't yeah. seem like we cared about the people, and so now I think we've we've altered that, which is why I think we're winning. You know, because love is at the forefront. Well, I like how you you know got it back to Jesus because he you know he is light, he is life. That's right, and he is love. Yep. And so when you think about this, among all other issues, I mean, this is a, the bedrock of our society. I mean, God. Loves us, he gives us life, but he also proved his love by giving us Jesus, who you correctly said, I mean, he could have just come down here and died, but he wanted to show us his life, and he chose to show us that that life started as a human That's in right. the womb. In the womb, including including his own. I mean, if you know, if I'd have been in on the planning, deity planning, I would have said, let's just skip that part. But it just shows you that 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 is truly human life. I mean, why else would he have done it? Hang on, let's let's take a break. Beings get on this path. Romans one twenty eight. Since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. Watch this. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They're God-haters. If you can get them to see that God loves them and they can be saved, let's don't take it out on someone in their mother's womb well that's a product that's of, why a, you... of a depraved mind so because you say it sounds crazy why would you jump with glee in the killing of a of a human being inside a mother well, that's why i said the, the basic uh, fundamental argument or on our side, on God's side, on humanity's side, when you sure. start when you start looking at, because they'll come up with arguments like, "Well, it's my body; I can do what I want." Well, there's all sorts of laws that are enforced that you can't take your body and hurt someone else's body. Yes, right. It's called rape, murder, different things. So it's it's just in every argument you realize that it's a delusion. Or as my buddy uh, said the other day, we were talking about this because I was talking about I'm I'm moved by keeping this baby. You know, we didn't have the baby. The special circumstance came our way. I've talked about it many times on the podcast. But what it's been for me, I mean, it's been exhausting for my wife. You know, we've there's a lot of money that's gone out. You're taking care of a baby. There are frustrations. But every day is this celebration of life. Right. And just the small details of watching you know, watching him crawl, try to figure out how to crawl. How, the first time he he gets some food in his mouth, he's like, 
starts gagging and then you know five minutes later he's like give me some more i mean it's just this this is a celebration of 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 life minds has become mainstream but my buddy the other day he's we were talking about that i was like you know i'm just moved almost to tears every day thinking why why would you not out of the sake of convenience which is what most abortions are about not not celebrate this life and he's like but you got to realize the argument for abortion he said to me is like when you're in the woods because he's a hunter he's my buddy and he made this so practically i just thought wow he said if you're in the woods with your child and a bear encounters you the last thing you would do is throw your child in front of the bear and take off running (laughs) he said but that is the argument (laughs) and that's true we just would not we would not do that unless we came up with some kind of delusional way of looking at it. God dehumanize dehumanizes the baby. So, Sean, to speak to that, the the I feel like what Jason and Missy are doing, a lot of believers are doing in the pro life movement, and that is once children are born, because obviously. If, if abortions stop happening in states, that means we're going to have more children because people people are not going to you know quit finding themselves in situations where they're pregnant. That's still going to happen, even though we're trying to work on that end as well. So how important is it for fostering, for uh, adopting in that part of the pro-life movement? It's very important. And, uh, you know, we've we've helped 22,000 moms that we know of who have chosen life. And I've held many of those babies. I met a high school kid who was saved during the first 40 Days for Life campaign. Met him a couple years ago. Um, And most of them choose to to mother. Uh, Some of them, we lay adoption out there. And adoption is is an awesome option. And it's a very good option. Um, But many of the moms decide uh, that they're going to raise their baby. Right. Um, and those resources are abundant. So are the adoption agencies and so are the maternity homes, uh, which we had a shortage of, but we're catching up on that where women who have nowhere to go yep. um, can go and stay and, and have their baby and, and have a place to live. So the shelters have increased, but the pregnancy resource centers, the medical help, the, hey, I need a free pregnancy test or now I need an ultrasound or I need, you know, I'm, I'm pregnant. Planned Parenthood doesn't do prenatal care. So uh, the pregnancy resource centers outnumber abortion providers five to one across our country. And, mm. and I believe that was even mentioned uh, in the in the Dobbs case in Mississippi. Right. You know, um, and so all of the resources, because people have gone to work the last 50 years, uh, are there. But, you know, you're seeing a lot of media coverage about women are going to leave, you know, Texas and go to California. You're going to hear those in the media, but that's not going to be the majority of them. Right. Uh, most travel is a is a huge deterrent for an abortion. And we know that from decades of, of research where with with states who have who have highly restricted it. Um, you'll have kind of a wave. But over time, uh, they're not going to travel. We just had a beautiful story uh, of a woman who uh, took up her. She's one of the few that took up her company's offer to pay for her abortion, which is just a whole shameful subject on its own. She flew from Florida to New York, and she encountered uh, a 40 Days for Life 365 campaign. It's year-round. We have about 80 of those. They go every day, year-round. And they're out there praying, and she talked to them, and she said, I can't go through with it. I'm going to go back to Florida. And her ridiculous company said, you will have that abortion, or we will not pay for your flight home to Florida. And she said, well, you can forget it. I I don't want your money anyways. And she chose life. That just happened um, a week ago. And, you know, you're going to see some of that, but women don't want to do this. Um, We're going to see a a lot of um, we're going to we're going to see babies born for sure. But we're just going to see a positive outlook on our own nature, which half the time we do have a positive outlook on, which is babies are good. That's right. And, and we're going to have a lot of people choose life. Uh, tell folks somewhere, uh, if they want to get involved with you guys, uh, where, where can they go? Uh, you go to our website, 40 days for life.com. It's the number 40. We have a, a weekly podcast. We have a quarterly magazine. Those are all free, uh, resources. Uh, you can certainly get the book, the what to say when book, um, on our website or on Amazon. Uh, but also, 
all of our locations are on the website as well. So 40daysforlife.com. Perfect, man. It's always a pleasure having you on. And, you know, we just we're engaged in the battle with you guys. As you know, Lisa's written an article for your for your magazine. And so uh, we're, we stand with you uh, for life. So thanks for all you do. And thank you for being on Unashamed today. Thank you. all. Thank you for all you're doing for our country. God bless you. So I really like uh, Sean and what they're doing. And really, I mean, the the beautiful thing for Lisa and I meeting all these different organizations. I mean, next week we're going to be at D.C. There's a group there called Susan B. Anthony List. They're the largest lobbying group on behalf of pro-life in Washington. So, they're, I mean, they're literally swimming in just the, the swamp, as Trump called it, about this whole issue. And so there's it's good. For, it's been good for me because – I just felt like, man, it's such a loss. Kind of like the scriptures you were reading, Dad. It's like it's it's easy to be overwhelmed and just think you think sixty million kids and just like this is so evil and so bad. But there really are some people out there. I mean, some warriors that have been battling this thing for over you know now almost fifty years. So that's we're a, not alone. That's it, a it's a scourge. It is a scourge. That's a classic example of why I center around most of my speaking events and the things I do toward younger people. Because you remember where all this started, which you don't want to take for granted. You know, when he was 18, 19 years old, he kind of had this epiphany moment. Because in this case, you know, about life and something that's so obvious and and that's, you know, and we know from, you know, where's the verse in Proverbs that, you know, says to God, there's like seven things he detests and yeah. hates, and one of them is the shedding of innocent life. Yeah, that's right. That's I mean, it, it just is horrific. Oh. So I'm glad he had this moment in prayer when he's young to to give his life to this and look at the result of that. Yeah, exactly. You said he's a warrior. And so, but you did know, you notice how that started? He said his girlfriend encouraged him to do it, who now is his wife. Right. So we talk about relationships. I mean, think about that. Because she encouraged him, her husband dedicated his entire life to doing that. And and you know, because that's that's why I kept bringing up the you know the little baby we have now. Because I know when he said he had eight kids, every time they had a baby, it just affirmed what he was doing. That's right. You're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> These you can't get any more special than this. That's this right. is the foundational bedrock of our society. Yeah. And from a morale booster. I mean, we're gonna scrap, we're gonna fight, we're gonna love for these people. You but know, you I'm brought not- up Jace, you brought up racism. You know, Planned Parenthood's foundational beginnings back in the early nineteen hundreds were racist. The whole idea was it was eugenics. We're going to weed out the inferior race. The whole idea of abortion. That old Sanger woman. Yeah, Margaret Sanger. So, you know, it was based in racism. That's why Dr. Carson talks about it. He compares it to slavery. When you don't value life, which Jace made a a beautiful argument about it, uh, talking to Sean. When you don't value life, any life, all life, then you're not doing what Christ said because he is life. He is life. Well, he is it makes light, you not get emotional because the other side are coming up with all these emotional arguments and because they're like, well, what if, you know, the mother's life is in danger and you're like, let me just, all life is equally value. Yeah. Valuable. All life is equally valuable. So wherever we go from here in this situation, that's not going to change. The mom is valuable. So is the baby. That's a great point. Valuable. So we'll we'll move forward from there on how to do this. But we're like I said in the illustration, we're not throwing the baby to to the and, bear. And look, Jace, we we had a perfect illustration of that. We had a, a a woman that was she was delivering her baby, and her life did become in danger because, and they knew she was probably going to have some problems. They were prepared, but they couldn't stop her bleeding. And, but it would, her thing was, you make sure, she said going into labor, my child comes first, no matter what happens to me. She made that choice. She made that choice. She gave and, her life And I think for about her the Tim Tebow story, yep. you know, when they encouraged his mom to, you know, have an abortion because her life could be in danger. And she's like, no. And, I mean, every time I see Tim Tebow, I'm like, well, I love this woman. You know, and I realized that as a believer, I mean, she just trusted in God in the situation. But all those things are just offshoots to cloud this 
these arguments that are not based on any bit of truth or love whatsoever. Right. It's the bottom line is it's based on convenience, it's selfishness, it's it's irrational arguments. It's depravity. Well, it's selfishness at its core, though. I mean, it's like, I, for whatever reason, they're putting themselves first. Right. And I'm saying most of them. There's a few exceptions which they highlight on, which becomes the, you know, the basis for all these arguments. But I'm just saying most abortions are just matters of convenience. Yeah. Or are just unwanted humans. They work. just make a decision that I don't want to fool with this tissue, so they dehumanize and they kill the baby. And they just use these broad terms, reproductive health, right. you know, women's yeah. rights. Now it's reproductive justice, whatever that means. I mean, these, these term, <sighs> this terminology is it's just, you talk about smoke and mirrors. I mean, they will not call it what it is. Well, and, and what I was going to say is these same people usually categorize humans where everybody's, they put people... In different categories. Right. Right. I mean, it, right. it's like you got African-Americans or you got, you know, Chinese-American, Asian-Americans, and or you've got, you know. Native uh, Americans. Yeah. yeah. They, but all of a sudden, we have a category here that I'm trying to bring up. Is that there's a category of human beings that are being slaughtered. It's called womb dwellers. <laughs> womb dwellers. And, and they are a category of human beings that have been devalued. That's right. Who are completely innocent. Yeah. Completely innocent. So, I mean, I'm like, if you can't fight for those people, I mean, I, even when, when Roe uh, versus Wade was overturned, I just put a little social media sentence and said, it's a good day for the unborn. Because that category of humans, this is a good day. If they could cheer, they would have. And the hellfire that came from that comment, you know, from the other side, oh, was yeah. pretty incredible. And the same theme happened. It was they were devaluing them as humans. Yep. That was the common thread. It's yep. a, unfortunately, it's a death cult. Well, we're out of time, but uh, man, it was great to have Sean on. And uh, this is important, so I encourage you guys to get involved. Whether it's your local. Uh, you know, uh, pregnancy center or whether it's with these guys or a national organization, this is, Jason's right, this is a cause worth joining. So if you haven't really done that, why don't you see how you can uh, get involved with that and, and help Yeah, us. whether you're a believer in God or not, this is just as a human being yep. taken up for innocent people. That's right. It's, it's, a, it's a can't lose cause to be a part of, so we encourage you to do that. Uh, we're heading into overtime, so we'll see you on the other side. BlazeTV.com slash unashamed. If you want to follow us over, we'll talk a little more, a little bit more about life. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.